Thanks for some words, God. I, I pray that it really is reflective of our heart. That we're waiting here for you with our hands, with our hearts lifted. God, it's you that we adore. Nothing else, just you. And that somehow in the next few minutes, God, as we talk a little about your word and as we think together, that God, somehow in that you would speak to our hearts. That we're waiting here for you. Because you have something to say to us this morning. Because this isn't just a way to spend our time. This isn't just what we do on Sunday mornings. This isn't just the American thing. But God, this is us in a corporate way wanting you to speak. God, this is just a celebration of what you've been saying to us all week long. So God, in these next few minutes, I just, I just pray that you do that. I pray that you speak to hearts. I pray that you'd help me to hear what I need to hear. God, I pray that you would just be moving powerfully and we would catch that spirit. Jesus, I love you. Amen. Well, morning, North Point. If you'd grab a seat, that would be great. We'll settle in. Uh, this was a, a good weekend. We have lots of good stuff. Our ushers are going to come forward. They've got some welcome books that if you're brand new with us this morning, man, we're so glad you're here. We would uh, love it if you would be willing to just put your information down there. Let us know that you're here with us this morning. I promise nothing weird will happen. We won't show up at your house, anything like that. Just a way for us to connect with you. And if you've been here a hundred times, well, we would love it if you would also just jot your name in there and any information that's changed. Changed email address or phone number or whatever. Uh, let us know that. And that way we can stay up to date with getting you stuff that you want to know what's going on at North Point. Uh, good weekend uh, already. I think it was said. I heard uh, cheering earlier. But if you're an MSU fan, apparently it was a good weekend. Yeah, whatever. Whatever that means. I don't, I don't know. But uh, good for you. Uh, if you are uh, a fan of, like, you know, Thanksgiving and turkeys. This weekend, yesterday was a great day. We had uh, awesome, awesome, tons of people. This place was full with folks who were in a practical way, being the hands and feet of Jesus by delivering uh, packages, food packages uh, to some people that uh, otherwise may not have had such a, a solid Thanksgiving. And that was cool. I have kind of a unique privilege. I'm connected to some of our life groups. And so I got to hear some of the stories of the conversations that ha- that happened as those people walked into homes and apartments and trailers and and delivered this food in the name of Jesus and the conversations that came up. It's kind of cool. I got to hear some stories of uh, North Point people praying for others uh, out loud. And maybe that was the first time ever they've prayed for a stranger out loud. Very cool. Stretching God, stretching people beyond their capacities and moving into uncomfortable places. Just very, very cool. So if you're a fan of MSU, if you're a fan of turkeys and Thanksgiving, uh, and if you're a fan of snow, it was a good weekend. It's not, not as many of you, and, and I've got to be honest, I have less compassion on this service because you have more time for those roads to clear and to wake up and enjoy the sun coming through the trees with all the light on it. Those 9 a.m.ers, they had a much harder ride, I'm just saying. So, uh, so okay, so more of us should be happy, whatever. Um, we are at, this is another reason it's good today, we are, we are at the end of a series And I love finishing things. I love finishing uh, speaking series. We've been in this series for about eight weeks or so. We're calling it, we called it All That Jazz. And it's really been um, a look at specific psalms that we thought just really uh, helped span the gamut of human emotion. And we said that jazz music is potentially one of the most authentic uh, forms of music, expression. It's not just words on a page or notes on a page that are being played or words on a page that are being sung. But rather, uh, uh, jazz is like from the artist's soul. 
It's like who they are is coming out of them. And we said the Psalms are the same. The Psalms are not just uh, words written down or someone with a homework assignment to write what they think about God, but rather it's like this true expression, the truest, most authentic expression of a person's heart. To the extent that some of the Psalms we read, like we were honest, we said, this seems like wrong that we're reading this. They're like, can I think that about God? Can I think that about me? And if I think that, like, I'm not allowed to say that out loud, am I? And yet the Psalms are there because the authors of those were just authentically opened before God and then penned it down in a way that lasted for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so we're at the end of this series where we looked at a whole span of human emotion, desperation, awe, abandonment, peace, courage, elation, and more spanning all kinds of human emotions. We finish today with Psalm 139. And that's what we're going we're gonna to be this morning. Psalm 139. And as you're looking for that, as you're turning there, or digitalizing, getting there, I don't know the right adjective there, uh, verb form, uh, of getting there in a digital way, I want to put a thought in your head. So as you're looking for Psalm 139, I want to put a thought in your head. And, um, and to be honest, uh, I'm breaking my own rule here in doing this. In my house, we have a rule, tradition, uh, expectation, whatever you want to call it, uh, that there is no Christmas before Thanksgiving. If I'm the only one here that feels that way, that's okay. I don't mind being alone. But there's two or three of us. I, I say there's no, th- no Christmas before Thanksgiving. That means no Christmas music, no Christmas decorations, no Christmas shopping. And I know there's people here that have been listening to Christmas music since last Christmas. And you know what? Good for you. God bless you. Right? I love you. Jesus loves you. But, but for us, we try to say, okay, we're going to Thanksgiving and then Christmas. So this thought that I want to put in your head this morning, I'm breaking my own rule. So we're going to talk a little about Christmas. But for you, I'm willing to break that rule. For you, for me, I want to talk about this Christmas tradition. It's relatively new. It's really only been about 10 years old. Uh, that's become kind of rooted in our culture and has ground, uh, got kind of a groundswell of, uh, of excitement behind it. It's called the Elf on the Shelf. You know this? You've heard of this? Oh, of course. The Elf on the Shelf. Did you, did you notice the elves up here this morning? Because they noticed you. Because their whole job, right, is to pay attention to behavior and then report that behavior back to Santa Claus to let him know if you're being naughty or or nice or whatever you're doing. And these are strategically placed because at nine o'clock, we've got about 25, 30 students that sit right here. <laughs> and then we got one on the drum shield. Drummers. Right. Enough said. OK, so they're paying attention. Right. Electric guitarists. One step. OK. So anyways. Elf on the shelf. This is how um, Wikipedia defines this whole uh, phenomenon. That's what it says. Elf on the shelf is a Christmas tradition that includes a special scout elf sent from the North Pole uh, to help Santa Claus manage his naughty and nice list. When a family adopts a a scout elf and gives it a name, the scout elf receives its Christmas magic. It can fly to the North Pole each night to tell Santa Claus about all the day's adventures. Each morning, the scout elf returns to its family and perches in a different place to watch the fun. Children love to wake up and race around the house looking for their scout elf each morning. Adorable, right? So out of curiosity, and, and you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you guys are, this is a thing you do in your home, the elf on the shelf? All right, so there's some of us. Uh, it's adorable. It's this cool little tradition that gets kids engaged, and it's kind of fun, and you have a blast with it. But not everybody feels that way. 
Matter of fact, some people feel uh, a little differently. This is what a woman in um, uh, the digital technology professor, her name is Laura Pinto, in uh, Washington Post, she wrote this about this. She said, the elf on a shelf is a capillary form of power that normalizes the voluntary surrender of privacy, teaching young people to blindly accept panoptic surveillance and reify hegemonic power. I, I don't know what that means. I don't have a clue. But she does go on to say this. She says, a mom emailed me and told me that the first day they read the elf book and put out the elf, her daughter woke up crying because the elf was, uh, the, she was being watched by the elf. Pinto recounted uh, that they changed the game so it wouldn't scare the child. And another writer, Emma Waverman, uh, a blogger with Today's Parent, she told the star this. She said that the idea of an elf watching someone all the time is creepy. So somewhere between those two things, some people really dig into this elf on the shelf uh, story. They really buy into the story and it becomes this fun family tradition. And other people find it creepy, (laughs) right? And and then they don't buy into it at all. And as I'm thinking for whatever reason this week about the elf on the shelf, I'm reading Psalm 139. Psalm 139 that for Christ followers, and we've read it forever, and every time we read it, we just assume that everybody feels this, this great sense of hope and encouragement and uh, peace and comfort that comes from this psalm. But this week as I was reading it, and Elf on the Shelf was in my brain, I started reading it with the mind of someone who doesn't connect to the story of God at all. And I started thinking, you know what, when you read Psalm 139 with that brain... It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. So in my head, I'm like, what's, what's the difference between people who really engage in this elf in the shelf thing and the folks who just don't? They just don't find that okay, or they're weirded out by it, or they use big words to try and explain um, its damage or whatever. And, and it all came down, I think, to engaging in that story, having some kind of a relationship in that story. And Psalm 139 is playing in my head. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by this. Let's read one, Psalm 139 uh, together. I'll read it. You guys will follow along. Hopefully you're there. This is what um, David says as he penned this psalm. He says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You searched out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. For you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet they were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. 
Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred, and I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. How does it hit you? Does it hit you as comforting? Man, this, this God knows me and, and knows all about me and knows all my thoughts and there's nowhere that I could go that I would somehow be away from him or outside of him or escape him and I'm so comforted by that. My guess is that if you're a Christ follower, that's probably how it hits you. You feel incredibly comforted by a God who knows your stuff and yet is still engaged in every moment of life with you. But maybe as I read Psalm 139... It terrifies you because you don't relate to the story of Jesus at all. And you're saying, oh, my gosh, there's this God who I can't get away from. And he knows all my junk and he knows everything about me. Oh, man. Or maybe maybe you for years have said that you're a Christ follower and you've thought that. And as you read Psalm 139, it still freaks you out. It still scares you because you think, man, there's this God that knows all my junk. He knows everything about me. What am I going to do with that? So Psalm 139, maybe depending on how you relate to the story of Jesus, maybe that's how that psalm hits you. Uh, I want to do something a little different this morning. We don't normally show uh, long videos. I want to show you a video. It's a little long, but but I think it's engaging enough that it'll hold your attention. It's by um, a group called Skit Guys. If you've ever heard them before or seen them, if not, that's okay. Uh, there's two guys in this skit. One's name is Eddie. He's kind of the taller guy. He's going to play the part of God. And then there's a shorter guy who has no hair. His name is uh, Tommy, and he's going to play the part of a person reading just the last two verses of this psalm as a prayer. I think these guys do a great job of helping us dig into a text that on, on surface seems so easily gettable and understandable. And, and yet when it starts to unpack, there's some deep, deep truths. I think they do a great job of it. So this is how they play it out. We wanted just to um, give you some scripture to help you out with that. It's one of our favorite verses, and uh, it's in Psalm 139, and uh, it's verse 23 and 24. And for us, this, this verse just really means a lot because you can make this a prayer. Um, and it says this. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything in me that you find sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. I mean, that's a really great, that's a great prayer right Yeah, it's a very introspective passage that you can make into a prayer. So let's just kind of show them what it would be like to turn that into a prayer. All right. So, all right, so we'll just keep, okay. Right. Search me, O oh God. All righty. Whoa, 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 what are you doing? I thought you were. No. No, I don't like to get fingerprints on this. Oh. 
What did you think I was doing? So what, 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 what is this? Uh, this is your heart right here. See that? Uh-huh. That's your heart. Uh-huh. And, um, well, your heart has muck and guck on it. My heart has muck and guck. Yeah. Muck and guck. I, I mean, that's what I see right there. I see muck, guck, and... Oh, there's some yuck. Yeah, yeah. Your heart has muck, guck, and yuck. Like a lifetime of, of bad choices covered with muck, guck, and yuck. Muck, guck, and yuck. Seriously, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to say. Muck, guck, yuck. Seriously, muck, guck, yuck. Okay. You want serious? Sure. I'll give you serious. Your heart is a wellspring of life. You should guard it with all that you are because there is a great battle going on for the allegiance of your heart. And most times you're doing lukewarm at best. Um, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. There you go. What are these? Those are your thoughts. These are my thoughts? Yeah. Not my thoughts. Yeah, they no are. Way these are my thoughts. Wow, wow. How did you get a hold of my thoughts? Hello. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. This is something for me to peruse a little bit later, and I will do that. Okay. This, you know, let's just go through them right now. Go through my thoughts? Yeah. I don't want to, no, no, not, not in front of all these people. I don't want to go through my thoughts in front of these people. Why not? Well, I mean, they're going to think what I think of. They're thinking about my thoughts, and those are my thoughts that I'm thinking. If they're thinking my thoughts, I'm thinking, wow, those are my thoughts that they're thinking. That's a lot of thoughts to be thinking, you think? Fortunately, I'm the Holy Spirit, so I understand those groanings. <laughs> Look, let's just uh, start at the top. We'll just go through. Just trust me, okay? It's not bad. Um, it, Starting at the beginning, in the, in the A's, you have some anger issues. I don't have anger issues. You, you really I d- do. I don't. No. Yeah, I don't I mean, have anger issues. Well, I mean, your parents would say okay, that. Okay. No. My parents come from a different generation. They don't get the world that we live in now, okay? So it's not anger, okay? It's appropriate frustration, but it's not anger, all right? Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Um, how about uh, your friends? Your okay. friends say... Okay. My friends, my friends, I am the leader of my friends, and they come to me for advice, all right? And I give them advice, but they do not take my advice, and it makes me, it makes me a little angry, okay? It, it, it gives me this. You see that? You see that? It, it, it gives me that, okay? But, but I am the leader, and they don't listen. Do you know what it's like to be a leader of a lot of people, and they do not listen? Have you ever read the Bible? <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying that, that I, I think my anger is in check, and sometimes that anger can be very, very healthy in a lot of different ways, okay? It's an emotion, all okay, right? Okay, okay, but the people that drive on the road with they're you... They're morons! They're complete idiots! They are morons! They should all go to... An island, a secluded island where there are no cars and far, far away from me. Wow, no anger problems here. Okay, all right. I, I, I have a hang-up, and I will work on this, all right? I will work on it, okay? But it's, it's, it's I, mean, but, well, I mean, does it really matter what I think? Oh, yeah. As you think, as you think in your heart, that's who you are. Listen, you sow a thought. You reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And it all begins with your thoughts. 
But here's the deal. I can't erase everything in this book. I mean, it's my uh, past. I'm not asking you to erase it. I'm asking you to trust me with the story that I'm weaving through your life. It's called history for a reason. History. His story. Exactly. Okay, well, that's good, though. Search me on God, know my heart, test my thoughts. That's a lot, right? It's a great place to start, but I'd, I'd like to go deeper. Do we have to? We don't. We don't have to go deeper, and to be honest with you, most of my children don't even make it to this point. But I have great plans for you, and I don't want you to miss out on anything, so I hope you'll trust me. Okay. Um, search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Test my thoughts. See if there's anything in me that makes you sad. <sighs> what could I possibly do that would make you that sad? <sighs> what you doing? I couldn't sleep, so I'm just, you know, I'm on the computer. What's her name? I don't know her name. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a she, you know. Well, it's obvious she's a she. Hey, um, um, <laughs> hey, um, th- th- uh, that, that was that, um, that, okay, um, she's your creation. I was just admiring your creation. You ever thought about looking at trees? You, you, you made those too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look into that one. She? Yeah. You don't even know her name. I know her name and I know everything about her. And I know the plans I have for her and this is not a part of it. And this, looking at women in a degrading way, this makes me sad. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Okay, I, I, I have a habit. I have a habit. Great, right. admitting it is the first step. Okay, and, I, and I'm sorry about this. I really, really am sorry. And you're forgiven. I'm sorry. No, I, di- I didn't mean for this to happen. I heard I'm, you're I'm, sorry, I'm, and you're forgiven. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, you know what? You need to quit that. What? Well, you say I'm sorry all the time. Well, I'm sorry that I'm sorry. Stop it. Okay, listen. You've been forgiven. Receive my forgiveness. When you don't receive my forgiveness, you cheapen my grace. And this whole I'm sorry all the time, it, it makes me sad. Yeah, but I... I, I but what? N- nothing. No, say it. No, there, I wasn't going to say anything. Yes, no. you were. No, I was not. Yes, you no, were. And now you're lying to me. And when you lie to the Holy Spirit, that makes okay. me sad. Well, I, I, just, I, just say it. No, I wasn't. Say it. There's nothing to say. I dare you. Can the Holy Spirit dare? Just did. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't going to say nothing. Yeah, you were. You were going to blame me. I wasn't going to blame you. Yes, you no, were. Yes, no, you were. What? And listen, you blame me. You blame me. It's crazy because great things happen in your life. I get no credit. Something bad happens. Boom. It's my fault. You blame me for things. And it's not me. I didn't do it. And when you blame me, that makes me sad. Okay. 
you're right. But I mean, okay, but look, look at me. I mean, me, okay? I mean, me isn't a lot, okay? And when I try to go out there and walk this walk of faith and I look at other people, I mean, look, Ray. Okay, Ray is a great example. Ray, I mean, Ray. Ray has it all together. He's a great leader. I mean, he's a good Christian. He is a good guy. He runs the race. I mean, I mean, when he talks, people listen to him. Have you seen this Christmas card of his family? No, I have it on my refrigerator. See what I'm saying? I mean, that's... I mean, Ray, I, he just has it all together. Everybody loves Raymond, you know. And, and when I look at his life, and if I could just be a little bit more like Ray. If you could be more like Ray, you know who you'd be? Who? Ray. I want you to try to be like me. This comparison thing, it makes me sad. Well, isn't... Isn't that just it, though? I mean, let's just be honest. If we're going to be honest and real, you're just tolerating me. What? Over my past, over my hurts, my habits, my hang-ups, all the things that I've done, you're just tolerating me. Listen, and, and, and catch this. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross so that I could tolerate you. He died so that this relationship could be repaired. And when I look at you, I see his perfection, not your hang-ups. I'm just worried with my life that I'm going to fail you. Uh, you worry so much. <laughs> I was worried you're going to say that. Listen, when you worry, you're not trusting me. I, I trust you. No, worrying is showing you that I really, 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 really care. No, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do and it doesn't take you anywhere. That. That is good. Do you mind if I tweet that? Not right now. I'm really worried that I'm going to forget that. Okay. All right. Um, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lead. That's an action word. Lead. Okay, so if I do more, if I get involved when I go back home, if I do more things for your kingdom, then I will see your... your, your I will honor you and I will see... What, what, are you, what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm trying to get you on your knees. Well, it's not working. Nope. This is all you. Oh, you want me to pray? Yeah. I don't, I'll pray. I don't, that's cool. Okay. All right. A little more. Seriously? Seriously. Okay. That's cute. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But see, I think this is really a good emergent prayer stance, okay? Because there's so many things to do, all right? If my phone if my phone rings, I'm there. If a text happens, I'm there. I can pray, but I'm there. I'm always ready to go. I'm always ready to go, all right? Always ready to do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I didn't create you to be a human doing. I created you to be a human being. I just want you to be... To be still and know that I'm God. Then make this your prayer. Why don't you just put me on my knees? I can, but I don't want to, and you certainly don't want me to.
Now, make the verse your prayer. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Create in me a pure heart. Clean up my thoughts. I want to live for you. Show me those things that make you sad and let me just go a 180 away from them and live the abundant life that you have for me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So, Psalm 139 can be incredibly comforting or incredibly terrifying. But, but either way, you can't just read it and not feel anything. And so as we're, as we're kind of finishing up today, you know, it's interesting because Paul picks up on this same idea. Paul, the apostle, this guy that Jesus called, wrote most of the New Testament, had this passion for sharing the love of Jesus with the people around him. He wrote this idea. He, he picked up on it. He wrote it like this in Galatians chapter 6. He says, Do not be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh... From the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The point, you can't hide from God. Like, God knows. He knows us intimately. David was clear on that point in Psalm 139. He knows us intimately. And for those who relate to the story of Jesus, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it should be this incredibly comforting reality. But for those who don't, it it should be terrifying. God knows you and he knows your stuff. He knows you inside and out. You can try to ignore him, but he doesn't ignore you. And so we're up against this challenge this morning. Here's a quote um, that I read in a devotional this week. He says it like this. He says, it's this honest dialogue with an all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God that David, the author of Psalm 139, sees as a prerequisite for living the life God intends for his people. So, so here's how I want to finish this morning, and we, we finish this way a lot, but um, we're going to finish with a song. But as we're singing, I'm just going to ask if you would do one, one thing. As we're singing, you would sing and, and ask the question in your head, do I have a relationship with Jesus? When I read Psalm 139 or hear it read or hear it described by a couple of funny guys, is it a sense of comfort to me? Do I get a sense of hope and peace when I read that? And if you do, oh, man, like engage in this song with all that you are, right? But, but if you're, you're thinking that question, that thought, and you're like, no, it, it's creepy. <laughs> it freaks me out. I'm scared to death. I don't even want to think about this right now. But I would just, I would ask you to engage in that thought. And maybe if today, as you're singing and you're hearing people around you sing and you're thinking this thought, if today, for the first time ever, you're saying, you know what, it's time for me to make a choice. It's time for me to say, Jesus, I want to have this relationship with you. I don't want to be terrified by Psalm 139. I want to be encouraged by it. I've been thinking about you for a while, Jesus. I've been hearing about you for a while, Jesus. And today's the day that I'm going to say, hey, I'm in. I'm all in. I want this relationship. If that's true of you, I would just encourage you during that song, like have that conversation with Jesus. And then before you leave, please share that with somebody else. Share it with me. Come down and tell me or tell Rick, tell one of the leaders, tell the person that brought you, grab somebody behind you, shake them and tell them because we think this is an exciting 
thing. But whatever you do, don't leave here before you engage with that thought. Does Psalm 39 encourage me or does it terrify me? So we're going to stand on our feet. We're going to sing together as we finish up.